Gospel of John, the 13th chapter. It was just before the Passover feast, Jesus knew that the time had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he now showed them the full extent of his love. The evening meal was being served, and the devil had already prompted Judas Iscariot, son of Simon, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. The most awkward looks I've ever gotten in my life was the time that I had to ask complete strangers if they would let me wash their feet. Let me back up a little bit. A few years ago, I was an intern at a homeless shelter, Haven for Hope. And it was in the spring, and we got to Holy Week. And in particular, we got to Thursday. In life of the church, we call this Thursday Maundy Thursday. And it's the night in which we read the scripture of the Last Supper, when Jesus and his disciples gather around the table and celebrate communion, and they also wash each other's feet. Now, for that year we decided that we would offer foot washing at two places at this homeless shelter. One spot would be in the courtyard where anybody can come, and the other spot would be in the chapel on the campus side. So that is how I found myself asking complete strangers if I could wash their feet. I asked if they could wash their feet, and to no surprise, many of them looked at me awkwardly and very frantically said no, and then walked away. But there were a few. There were several people that came up and said, absolutely, you can wash my feet. And I will never forget, in taking off their shoes, how many either had no socks or had socks that just had tens of holes all through them. After washing the feet of the people in the courtyard, we went over to the chapel. And it was there that we began to wash the feet of those who were actively working, either through addiction issues or housing issues, to get their feet back underneath them. One particular person, a woman came in and had her feet washed, and then she left. And honestly, there was nothing especially unique about that interaction. But about 10 minutes later, she comes back. Only this time, she brings two of her friends. When they come up to have their feet washed, she does too, and she very politely shoves us out of the way, and then she proceeds to wash the feet of her two friends. It was this beautiful act to watch this friend wash the feet of two other people and then leave. We continue on with the foot washing, and about ten minutes later, here comes that same woman, only this time she brings about seven or eight more friends. She does the same. Very politely, she shoves us out of the way, and she washes each pair of feet of her friends. This beautiful act of devotion. Foot washing is something that is quite unique in the life of the church. It's hard. It's hard to have your feet washed because it feels so vulnerable. To have someone touch 
a place on your body that we perceive to be quite dirty, quite unpolished. It's also hard to wash someone else's feet. I find it most difficult to wash other people's feet because of how awkward and vulnerable they feel. And it makes me feel bad for them. Isn't that kind of the point of why we wash each other's feet? To be able to share in this vulnerable moment, to know what it truly means to love and to serve one another. We'll close with a reading from Wishful Thinking by Frederick Buechner. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who bring good tidings, says Isaiah. Not how beautiful are the herald's lips which proclaim the good tidings, or his eyes as he proclaims them, or even the good tidings themselves. But how beautiful are the feet? The feet without which he could never have made it up to the mountains, without which good tidings would never have been proclaimed at all. Who knows in what inspired way the heart, mind, and spirit of the herald come to receive the good tidings of peace and salvation in the first place. But as to the question of whether he would actually do something about them, put his money where his mouth is, his shoe leather where his inspiration was, his feet were the ones that finally had to decide. Maybe it is always so. When the disciples first came upon the risen Christ that Sunday morning of their confusion and terror, it wasn't his healing hands they touched or his teaching lips or his holy heart. Instead, it was those same ruined, tired dogs that had carried him to them three years earlier when they were at their accounts and their nets, that had dragged him all the way from Galilee to Jerusalem, that had stumbled up the hill where what was happened happened. They took hold of his feet and worshipped him, Matthew says. Generally speaking, if you want to know who you really are as, as distinct from who you think you are, keep an eye on where your feet take you. Let us pray. Gracious God, may we follow you with our hearts, our ears, but also especially our feet. May they carry us to places where we can love, where you call us to serve. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Whoa.